What does it take to be a disruptor in your field? Today, I am so pleased to have Annie Leamy. She is the radio DJ host for 101.1 WCBS FM in New York City. She's here to talk all about what it took for her to break through the glass ceiling and shares her personal inspiring strategies and tips. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Career Path Angel Show, where we talk all about career, business, positive mindset, self-development, and many other fun and exciting topics with one goal in mind, to help new working professionals to fast-track their careers in the corporate world. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive right in. Here is your host, Angel Mary. Hey everyone, welcome to the Career Path Angel Show. I'm your host, Angel Mary. Thank you for all my returning young professionals listening today. And if you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for joining. Just so you know, this is a podcast dedicated to inspiring and sharing knowledge on how to be successful in the professional world. So please don't forget to hit subscribe right now so you don't miss any of the exciting shows we have lined up. Today, I am so excited. I have a none other than Anne-Marie Leamy, also known dearly by her radio listeners as Annie, on a 101.1 WCBS-FM in New York City. Annie's experience spans over 16 years in the radio industry, and she's been heard in the past on iHeartRadio, on Q95.5 in New York City. You can also have Listen to her in the past in the Hudson Valley on K104 or 96.1 or Q92. But what makes Annie really unique is how she was able to navigate a male-dominated industry. Welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you so much for being here to share all about your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I know I'm all over the place when it comes to scheduling. So I appreciate you really working with me on that. Because my schedule is a little nuts. It's not a problem at all. I have been following you for years. It's really funny how we actually bumped into each other when you were leaving your last position. Because I remember listening on the radio to Woodman in the Morning on K104.7. And I was listening to you daily in the morning. And then I remember when you were moving from K104 into your next position, I believe it was 95.5 at that time. And I was part of your journey at that time, hearing what it was like, that your, your last day's coming up. And for me, it's so ironic that the way we met was the last day of another position that you were leaving. So... What are the odds of that? How crazy is that? Yeah, we got to meet each other in the lobby of iHeart. And it's wild because that's where I got my start, like 17 years ago now. So, but to meet you in the lobby and then it was felt like as much as you felt like you knew me, I felt like I knew you. There's a very weird thing that happens with radio where there's like a unspoken mutual love and respect for each other. I can't explain it, but it's just there. Yes. And I thought that was a really cool moment. And I love that you're like, oh, I have a podcast. You want to come on? I'm like, heck yeah, let's do this. Yes, yes. And I that's what I really want to hear about because the our, my podcast is all about sharing with the world, especially our, the young people coming up, what it's like to get to where we are, where the position we are in now. It took a long journey to get there. Everyone doesn't have a position like 
you. And you are definitely one of those people that have broken the mold. Women are not typically on the radio. And I really want to hear about when you were younger, what was your dreams and aspirations? How did you end up in this field? So start back then. How did this start? I mean, this is going to probably sound really crazy, but I didn't talk when I was little. In fact, they were concerned for me in first grade. They brought my parents in and they said, you know, we think there's something wrong. She's not talking. Uh, maybe this isn't the right setting for her. And my dad being my <laughs> my biggest advocate my whole life, my mom too, but my dad's like, you know, he's like a New York City guy. He's like, no, I'm not taking that. That's there's nothing wrong with her. You let her find her path. And I think because I had two parents that really raised me with the right amount of discipline, love, and also confidence. It's really helped me throughout my life. They never told me what I could, like what I should do or whatever. And I struggled in school a lot. I needed that extra help. I needed to stay after class. And thank God my dad stood up for me and kept me in that setting. And I got the extra help I needed. And I finally found my voice as I got older and ended up on the radio, which is wild to me. That's why when I have friends who have kids like, oh, you know, they said this or that. Yes, definitely reach out for help, reach out for assistance, see if you can get ahead of things with kids, but sometimes let them just grow and, and find themselves. And to be honest with you, I'm the middle child. So every Sunday dinner, they shut me out. I try to talk and everybody would just drown me out. So I was like, really? So I always had to fight for that voice, you know? And um, that's yeah, so interesting. So you're the middle child. You felt I'm probably overpowered by your siblings who are probably the one, the first, yeah, I don't outgoing. know how many, how many are in your family? No, there's three, but okay. yeah, they're very outgoing. My brother was always funny. My sister was always tough. And I was kind of just like there, you know? <laughs> right. And so you had your parents advocating on your behalf to get you to a place where you felt confident enough to even pursue this. Because I know that initial moment, the first time I started this podcast, that first moment of going on air, even though for me, it's not even live, you're doing it live, which is even <laughs> harder in my opinion. But for me, that first moment is like, oh, like I'm putting my voice out there. I'm, I'm going out into the public and that feeling, how was that for you? How did you even break into the field in the first I place? I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, I went to Duchess for many years. I kept changing my major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. All my friends were diving into their careers, settling down. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm bartending. And I'm making great cash. I don't know what I want. And then at Marist, a teacher pulled me aside. I was doing like a TV class and he's like, you're old already. Your accent is God awful. Cause my dad's from Manhattan. My mom's South Jersey and I'm from Poughkeepsie. So we'll put that all together. Awful <laughs> accent. He's like, you talk way too fast. Maybe you should try radio. I was like, radio? Who listens to the radio? And he's like, everybody. I mean, it's in your car. And I was like, oh, okay. Are attending one day at a, at a place and somebody who worked at the Clear Channel at the time, she's like, oh, I do the news there. And I said, oh, can I get an internship? So she wrote her number on a piece of paper when I was working because I was always hustling to make money. And I mean, that sounds bad. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. I know. You were working hard. <laughs> yeah, working hard. So I reached out, got an internship in the news department. I am not fit for news. Like I am all over the place. And I quickly realized like, okay, this is cool. But, and by a stroke of like pure luck, the morning girl quit on the Kiss FM station there. Wow. And the guy looked at me in the hallway. He's like, hey, you. I'm like, yeah. He's like, can you join the show tomorrow? And I was like, what? I, I've never done that. Wow. And um, also, I interned a couple of days here and there under Joe Daly, who I ended up filling his position, you know, a couple of years ago. Anyway, getting off track. So then I filled in the next morning, and I will never forget this monumental moment of my life. It was a story about a runaway bride, and he said, you're going to take this side, and I'm going to take that side this is what radio does. We need two different opinions. I'm like, but I don't think that side. He goes, it doesn't matter what you think. This is the side you got to take for conflict. 
Oh, well, the break started. We went on the air and we went at it because I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be somebody I'm not, you know, and that was my big first lesson in radio. Be who you are. Same thing with podcasts through and through and through. People will call you out on your BS. Yes. So he took his headphones off and he said, oh, my God, this is going to work. He's like, the way, I think it was the way I stood up to him or the way because women have always been. And I'm sorry if anyone gets offended by it, have always been submissive in our industry because we had no choice but to be. Right. We were never empowered. We were never given the, the tools to really succeed financially. It was always, oh, you're the laugh girl. You're the girl that's going to come in and get all the prep ready. And right. just be there at, at the whole spec and call. Now that's not a knock at men. That just happened to be the way it fell. This it's just a male dominated industry in general. And it's almost, I mean, you were an intern and you just got, and the most interest, interesting part about this is you were just called out walking down the hall. You come in here. If you weren't walking down the hall in that exact moment, who would have they, who could it have been? Right. It I may not know. have been you. Yeah. So listen, even if I was the token girl voice, you know what? It worked for me because I made it work. And I, showed up every day at four o'clock in the morning while I was doing 18 credits at Marist, bartending probably six, seven, you know, pretty much every day to pay for my bills. Wow. Uh, Cause let's be honest, you know, when you first start out, there's no money. And um, yes, yeah, so but we ended up doing that show for about four years. And when I couldn't get a raise, I asked to have my name added to the show. Yeah. And it just happened until the whole world blew up 2008, the recession, I got let go. Uh, my first experience with we need your key and they escort you out the back door. And I was like, what did I do? I'm working 90 hours getting paid for 30. You know, I was in like shock. Right. Um, but I let it, my dad again, sat me down. He said, cry about it all you want for a couple days, but in two weeks, you're going to look back and then all the pieces are going to come together. You're going to figure all out. And then you're going to get your ass out there and you're going to look for a job before they forget about you. Wow. Yes. Cause he knows, he knows the media is one of those like 15 minutes and you're done. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you're toast. Your husband. And back then there was no, like, it was only what Facebook had just started. This is like 2009. Right. There was no, like, you know, I could go on Facebook and say, I just got let go, but there was no Instagram. There was no way to get your message out there. I was out of a job. Right. Um, And then I just jumped from job to job until I fought that cliff and climbed as hard as I could to finally get my own show after took me 13 years, 13 years. And, you know, it's come so easily for for men to just get their name on just for you you to actually negotiate and get your name onto the show, which is seems shouldn't be so difficult because your voice is on the show regularly. Why is that so difficult? Why? What was difficult? I may be wrong and correct me if I'm wrong. It all comes down to ego. And that's what I learned because when I got my own show, I knew what it felt like to be that supporting role and not feel supported in that way. People think, oh, it's all about like, and I don't mean ego in the sense of like, it needs to be all about me. It's we don't make that much money in our industry. It's branding. And when your name's on a show, it plays over into endorsements and sponsorships. If your name's not on the show, you're not getting those things. That's true. And maybe extra money. But on the other side of that ego, what I mean is there's people like, ah, I'm not putting your name on the show. This is about me. And I went into it totally opposite. I said, if I start my own show, um, Ryan Dutcher, who's one of my favorite people on the planet, um, they put us together. And I said, I want his name there. Like, it's not just going to be Andy in the morning. He's a big part of it. Um, right. When I convinced Mike Post to join me, I, it's Daily Dose with Mike Post. And every break opened with this is his thing. Right. I got Marissa to come join from promotions. It became Marissa's morning good, you know, good news. I wanted them to feel like they own that. Yeah. You know, something. And for some reason, in our industry, people get caught up in those. It's all about me and those titles, but it's not. It's about the team. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's different for you. It's your podcast, right? It's just you and your guests. 
Right. But you're so you're you're working in an industry where you have a lot of people supporting you. And that is a team effort. There's no way you can just be going on a radio and just be doing it by yourself. You have a whole host of people who are showing up every single day. And of course, you want to empower them and make them feel valued. That's one of the most important parts about being a leader in any industry. I think just you're 100 percent right. It's empowering them and also saying thank you once in a while, like every day. Like, thank you for that post you did. Thank you for the this you did. Just making people feel valued, you know, because it got to the point where sometimes you're in positions where they're just straight taking advantage of you, you know, and I finally realized what it felt like to be in that position. I was like, I'm not going to take this for granted. So it's been a long learning experience. And I finally feel like at what my 17 years in this industry, I finally look back sometimes and look in the mirror and I go, no girlfriend, you got the skills now where I used to always have to prove myself. Right. And I think, and it's like you, you like for you in particular, And I think you probably didn't realize this. And I know this being a listener for so many years, for me hearing a female voice on the radio and having that, because it's always men typically in the morning specifically. And that's the time everybody's really listening on the way to work, on the way to school, wherever they're headed, they turn on the radio, you hear about the news, you hear about the traffic, you hear about what's going on around town. And when I hear your voice, first of all, you have a beautiful voice. Oh, it's, thank it's, you it's, too. it's just, it's very relaxing. It's very calm. And it's a really, it's a good counterpart to a deep masculine voice that you'll also hear on the radio, but it's lacking in so many radio so shows. Many. You know, I think we need more people to, again, I'm going to use the word empower others to come into the industry. We're not bringing up the younger generation into it. And that's why. I, I couldn't be more proud of Marissa. And she took over after I left at iHeart. And I met her in one instance. I knew this girl's got talent. She's got things to say. And she showed up every day with ideas. And I never, ever felt threatened by her. I felt, no, she's going to empower herself, which is going to empower the whole. And then she's going to go on and be successful. Like, I don't know where. And I got to be honest with you. Sometimes women are our own worst enemy to each other. They get threatened by each other. And yes. you can't, like... No one can be you. That's your superpower. No one can be the way you are. Say the things you say. They can try, but it doesn't work. So everybody has a place and we just need to open that microphone, turn it on for them and share the word about each other. Like I hope after this, this interview, I can mention it on my show that I went on your podcast. Yes, please do. Oh my God. I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. Like promote each other. That's what we need to do. And I think we need to just open the arms up to more people and bring them in and find a good spot for them. Yes. And, and that's you, you hit the nail on the head. There's really something to be said about the lack of support women as they get higher up the ranks, they don't always look down and see the other individuals who are climbing. Right. And they really need a hand up. And I personally, I've actually had this experience where some women may have felt threatened by whatever. I don't know what it was, but they may have felt threatened by me and they actually were pushing me down. And maybe it's also because when you're highly effective and this happens to women, you're so effective in a role that they can't even risk losing you in that particular position. So they don't want to move you out there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And that's the unfortunate part. And I got to be honest with you, it's the thing that most people don't want to talk about. And we want to always talk about, because listen, it's 100% accurate. Women are paid less. They're doing more, you know, sometimes doing more, getting paid for the same job. But nobody wants to talk about what's actually happened between women as well. Like we really need to back each other. And there is, there's that threatening feeling of, oh, I have to protect this. That person's going to take my job. And and I got news for you. If they do take your job, maybe that's not the place you're meant to be. You'll find the next story. Absolutely right. I'm a 
huge believer of everything happens for a reason, right? 100%. And, you know, every place you are in your life, it doesn't mean you're supposed to stay there forever. There's more growth coming down the pike for you. And if you look at that door closing and, and you just wallow in that, you're never going to be able to see this amazing opportunity that's about to show up for you. You're on a solid point because the other thing is just showing up. I feel like throughout my career, there's been advocates for me, whether it be certain programming directors um, that come to mind. My first one, Jimmy Jam, you know, taught me a lot. Um, Chuck Benfer gave me my first opportunity as a female lead on a show that to me was like epic in my life. And I'll forever be grateful to him for that. Um, even here, like, you know, Jim Ryan and John Fox, they just, they saw something. And I felt like I was in these moments where I was in my career going, is anybody seeing all the work I'm doing and how much I'm sacrificing? I, I put off having a family. That's not radio's fault. That was my choice, but I did. I waited till I was almost, I was 40 by the time I had my second child, because I thought if I have a kid, they're going to push me out and somebody's going to replace me. And I was like, is anybody seeing how much I'm doing? And these people did see, and that's why I am where I am now, because there are advocates for you out there. Yes. People see it. And you're, there's one thing that you just pointed out that was so important when you're in any job and you're working up, you could work so hard, but if you don't have some kind of sponsorship, someone who actually sees you recognizes your talent and wants to support you, it, you can become stagnant. Cause if you did, didn't have these people that you just mentioned, who knows whether you would have been at this place in your career right now. It's so true. And some of the one thing I've had to really be humbled about as I turned 40, and I don't know why I keep bringing up my age, but it's hit me hard. Where I'm like, wow, I'm <laughs> reflecting on my life. No, I did. The, I did the same thing. Listen, I'm, I'm only like two years older than you. So where is that? I'm like, I'm in my forties now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I gotta be, I gotta be set, right? 40, it was just like, okay, it all makes sense. But then you start to like, you look back, not that you're over, you're kind of like at the, the, the peak of your career, but you're like, all these things that happen. And I got to be honest with you, this is not BS. All the bad, bad stuff that happened to me in my career, the people that used me and abused me and belittled me and jobs I lost made me the person I am. And I don't know if my story would be as exciting for me if I hadn't been through all that tough stuff. Right. You have to go through those obstacles to really feel like when you reach that pinnacle of success, that that taste of glory, like, okay, yes. I finally made it. Okay. But you look back, if it was such an easy path, you wouldn't even appreciate it when you get there. Right. And that's why anyone that's tuning in that may be just getting into their career, I just want to let you know, especially with today, you're never at the same job for that long. It's always changing. Don't be scared of change. Don't be scared of losing your job. My thing was always live within my means because if I, if I always said to my husband, we got to be to the point where like, if I lose my job, we're good. Cause I'll always go back to bartending and I'll figure it out. But like, just do what makes you happy and you'll always find a way. Like there's so many people coming up in the industry that are feeling what I felt 15 years ago. I have no money. I'm stressed out. I want to move out of my parents' house. I'm like, you'll get there. Like you're doing with your podcast. You find ways to do it, but you have to keep going. The second you give up is when it's just like, it's game over. Yes. And like the keep going part, sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's yes. just drudge work, right? Yes. And you feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm getting anywhere. And sometimes you're doing it. Like you said, early in your career, you were hardly getting any money and you were just plugging along, plugging along until you got a break, a big break. But sometimes it's just about waiting until yes. the right moment and not stopping. Right. right? Yes. You have to keep going and you have to figure out. I mean, think about it. When I went from Kiss FM to K104, which was another massive station, when I went to PLJ and it ended, everybody's like, You'll get a job right away. Somebody's going to snag you up. Somebody's going to grab you. I got news for you. I was out of work for seven months. 
Once that severance ran out, I was back to bartending weddings. I was doing to find bread samples and shop rights throughout the Hudson Valley. So I'm not, I have no like shame. So right. people are like, wait a minute, are you? And I'm like, yeah, here, try this pita chip. It's actually really good. <laughs> I did what I needed to do to pay my bills until I got that opportunity at iHeart because I, I, I messaged the market. Oh, here's a perfect example. When I had messaged someone who I thought was in a position of power, they said, oh, go to the website. That's where all the jobs are listed. It wasn't a mean thing or a bad thing. It was just, I don't know what we have. I went around and went to the top of the top and DM'd on LinkedIn and said, hey, can we chat? Yes. And that's what helped me get into the door to have those conversations. That stuff I was afraid to do in my 20s, you know? like It's like I thinking thought, outside of the box. Like you have to be able to think, okay, I can do the regular route, which we know very well that those job postings often are already filled before yeah, they, they even work. put it out there. Yeah, we know work. that. Right. That's a secret that many people who are coming into the workforce now are just beginning to realize. And, you know, thankfully, there's a lot of AI out there now and there's so many ways to work around it. But the human connection, that is really what gets you into the door. It's not a resume. It's not just applying. You could do hundreds of uh, job applications and you will get no response. But the moment you make a real connection, which I feel like I have a connection with you. I don't believe you. I was like, I know you. I feel, I, yeah, I feel like I knew you because I've been listening to you on the radio, but I also feel like it, that's rare when you have like a connection with somebody. But if you meet somebody even through LinkedIn or at some kind of a social event and then you talk and you actually come out of, outside of your skin and you allow yourself to be out there and be a little bit vulnerable, it's OK, right? Yes. And also, like one of the jobs I got at Cablevision, I was in my late 20s when I got let go. I, I made a, like a demo and a headshot, horrible headshot, by the way. It was like so cheesy. Put it in an envelope and I dropped off. I don't even know how. I would go to the front door, hit the buzzer. I don't really know if you can do that much now, but hit the buzzer. Somebody came there. Here, here's my package. I just want to see if you have anything. Fast forward months later, the guy calls and goes, you know, I got like six or seven of these resumes on my desk here. Can you just come down so we can meet? I ended up doing TV with them for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah, I was hosting like a neighborhood journal show. Like it worked. But my biggest key that has always worked for me is following up with a handwritten note. I always follow up with a handwritten note. Thank you for your time. Thank you for taking time out of your day to even just chat with me. Hope we cross paths again. And I always got a call back of, thank you so much for that card that was so thoughtful. Yeah, that is a very, honestly, that is an old fashioned tip from way back when, when we were young, always write a thank you note after your interviews. And I think people with technology, I don't even know if people can handwrite anymore, to be honest. I can't. You should see my handwriting. It's terrible. It's so embarrassing. I'm like, I hope they're not judging me on my handwriting. But you writing, you taking the time and handwriting a note, when someone opens a handwritten card, even to, for me today, it's so rare when I get it that I'm like, wow, this person literally stopped what they were doing, picked up a pen and wrote something down for me, right? That yes. feels special. Yes, and think about it, because if they're getting a million emails a day, text messages, DMs, they're just scanning past them, but they can't hide from the card. They got to open it up and, and, you know, it just means a lot. So definitely do that if you go on a job interview, 100%. Yes. So tell me about what you're doing right now and, and, and compare it to where you were when you first walk in the door. How has your life changed from being an intern and then first getting that first moment to where you are today? Oh, man, I think right now my hardest is the work family life balance right now because <laughs> yeah. I was able to do so many of my years of my career. Like when I worked in the city, I lived in a studio apartment with a friend and I was out venturing, doing things, bringing stories to the air, bartending left and right. Now it's like, oh my gosh, it's like two separate things. I have my work life and then I get home and it's mom, you know, and it's really just trying to find that balance of both right now. 
And my life changed. It's not really about me anymore. It's about their happiness and their, and I still want to find joy for myself, but right now I want to give them a good life. And, um, you, and also, you, you have two boys or I have two boys. Yeah. One's five. My son, Michael's five. My son, Christian is one. And yeah, you're like, just changed so dramatically. And, um, it's nice to know, like that's work and this is home. And I also, like I said, I feel empowered with the skills that I have now. Yes. I mean, I could use a little help on the digital stuff as I'm getting older. I'm like, oh man, I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on this. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm getting older. I'm like, how do I, like even to log into this, you know, meeting with you, I had to have somebody come help me. Um, so those <laughs> things I could learn a little bit more, but now my mission is to really help others get in the industry because what else are we here for? Like I only got, you know, so many years left now it's time to bring in the next the, the next, next generation, yeah. which is amazing. And I, I'm really happy you touched on the work-life balance. This is something so many women have trouble with. Even I actually had to literally take a break from my career for seven years when I, my, wow. I also have two sons. So I stayed home with them during that period. And I, you know, I try to do other things. I was hustling like you were, I, I was a realtor and then I got my professional chocolatier certification. I was what? doing parties. No I know. So creative people do creative things all over the place. Right. And yeah. we do whatever we can. And that, that period of motherhood was really important to me, but it's also so hard for so many women to make that, that decision. And they can't always make that decision. I got very lucky and fortunate that my spouse was able to support me in that time while I did these other side things in the, in the meantime to keep myself fresh, but with you and with many women who are really at the pinnacles of their careers, they're doing amazing. They have this major balance and it's a a huge, uh, it's actually difficult with this balance because you don't want to take away time away from what you've worked towards all these years, but yet you don't want to take away time from this once in a lifetime. Like when they're little, that's the only time that's it. It just doesn't come back. Right. You're so right. I mean, just what you said is so powerful because it's like, that's the part I don't want to miss things with my kids. And that's why I race to get home when I can. And I think there is still a little bit of an imbalance, like gender wise, when it comes to like the responsibilities of mom, but it's not a knock again on anybody, but like, it's, it's just kind of one of those, you know, moms are born with the maternal thing. They'll be able to balance everything. And sometimes we need a, a, a breather. You know, you see all these jokes on Instagram about how exhausted the mom is. And then guys are like, oh, why are they complaining? Because sometimes the mental load is a lot because like you said, you want to hold on to yourself and this career you just built for so many years. But then you see these beautiful loves of your life and you want to be there fully for them. And it's it's hard. And you feel like, and, and I don't know how that was for you when you step back into the world was it hard like that's what i was always afraid it's 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 it's, it was a different very different for me because when i was out of the workforce being a very type a type of person that's why i was doing all these side things in the meantime i felt like i wasn't contributing in the way i wanted i felt like i wasn't using my brain power the way i wanted to because you know you're watching pbs sprout all day and (laughs) you don't you lose uh, you know the ability to interact with other adults you know you're just babbling with the toddlers and stuff that becomes challenging and then when i went back to work i had that mom guilt even though i knew i wanted this and it was important for me to be in a full-time setting and even though i knew my kids were even in a school setting it's still i had that feeling like i'm i'm taking away but the truth is for us to be completely well-rounded, we have to make peace with that, right? That yes. we're not going to always be there, but it's okay. We Yeah, that's the hard part. You have to remind yourself, like, it's okay to also have this career. And I always tell people, like, listen, you need two incomes now. God bless anyone that does it as a single parent. I don't know how they do it. Like, it is so hard. I know I would figure it out if, God forbid, I had to do something on my own. I would do it, but, like, 
How hard is that? You need two incomes now. It's so expensive just to live. And that's the honest truth about it. Both parents have to work, unfortunately. And especially us being in the New York area and and any really cosmopolitan type city where the income levels are much higher and just to survive around here. You say you make a lot of money technically if you are in the Midwest with the salaries you have here, but you don't even consider how much it costs just to live out here, right? Oh my gosh, so, yeah, forget commuting costs and all that. And so, yeah, it's definitely a balance of, you know, because I'm like you, I feel guilt and I can't remember last time I got my nails done or even my hair done because I feel like guilt. Like I'll be sitting in that chair, like, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go, my kids need me. Um, so that's definitely a different, different balance, but I yes. love it. I don't know what I, like I was so, I was like, why did I wait so long to have this? So amazing. It's such a fulfilling thing to also know that you're part of the creation of these two new human beings who are growing up into the world and going to be contributing into society. And it is a legacy for us to be mothers and be able to be a part of this, right? This journey for them. Yeah, and I think too, and this is not to be like totally too deep, but when my dad was passing away, I remember saying to him, like, do you regret anything? And he said, well, with the exception of like, he wanted to go to Australia and he'll never see his grandkids. He said, I'm really happy with my life. All I ever wanted was your mother and you kids. Like that was to him. It was like on his deathbed. He was like, I just love my family. And it made me like, I always valued family. I always knew the value, but then I was like, oh my God, he's so like, I, I had to remind myself that when I'm at the end of my life, whether it be tomorrow or hopefully not or further, no offense, but radio's not going to hold my hand. Radio's right. not going to be there. And I'm not, I'm going to reflect back on it fondly and say, wow, what a fun career I had. And oh my God, the amazing connections I made to people. But like, ultimately, it's the connections you made with those like that are going to be there with you comforting. You know, I don't know. I just it sounds really crazy to think that way. It's but not your job though. Your job. It that's and I think that's so important. I think so many people are dealing with so many mental health issues because they're so worried and stressed out and anxious about their positions, their jobs, their livelihood. But the things that mean the most at the end of our lives. And I always say this to people who are stressed about things that they're going through right in this moment. Will you in 10 years from now, look back at this problem and still be upset the same way? Because if you're not, it's time to let it go. Right. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And I think we get, you know, we just want to keep achieving and you're absolutely the, the rate of, of anxiety and depression right now and mental health is worse than I think we've ever seen. And, you know, I know so many friends in my life that went into social work or got their psychology degree. And, you know, the reality of their life is they want to help but they don't make enough either. They don't really make a lot of money and they're trying to help the future. And that's, they're not getting supported in that way. So it's like, where do we have, we have to find that family life balance and get back to like, whatever that means to you. Yes. In one of my past roles, I was a administrative manager for a mental health clinic. Oh, and And so I have a lot of mental health in people in my family. And so I know how big the stigma is about getting support, which thankfully in the last few years, especially post pandemic, we've been very fortunate that now people are recognizing, Hey, you know what? Getting, having a therapist, getting support, that's something important that we all need. And the more we have it, the better, right? Oh, we need so much more of it. And, you know, I give it up to my mom. She's in, she was a social worker and then she worked at hospice for many years. And when my dad was sick, when I was like 12, he uh, became a quadriplegic overnight from Guillain-Barre syndrome. And she brought us right to a therapist. I was a little child sitting in a room with this person. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I thank her till this day for that. I'm like, mom, you got ahead of it. Like you put us in a position to succeed. Again, I, I, I just, and every time I struggle with like what my friends are going through and I wish I could help them, my mom will always remind me like, well, that's what me and your father tried to do for you is try to support you mentally in that way. And 
So I think if you're not getting that from your parents, you're not getting that from your friends, find an outlet for you because it will really cross over into your career too. Yes. Make sure that you're good. Totally agree. I, I love to hear that your parents were such a huge role in your life and very, they're so similar. Like my parents were also very encouraging of me. They didn't see me as, even though I had a younger brother, they didn't treat me any differently in that way. They always said, you can do whatever you want to do, which is why I think there's a part, and I, I feel it coming from you when you talk, a confidence in you that not everybody always has, especially women don't have that always, that you, you've heard of an imposter syndrome, syndrome right? just brought that up to me the other day. What is that? I have to look into this. So imposter syndrome is when you have the skill set, you have the know-how, the knowledge, the experience, but for some reason, internally, you feel like, a fraud. <laughs> and it's like a lack of self-esteem in that moment. And it wow. happens more to women than it does to men, I think, but it does also happen to men. And it comes from this fear of feeling like someone's going to think, I don't really know what I'm talking about when really everything that you've come up to that point really puts you in that position of really being the knowledge based expert. Wow. But for whatever reason, you may have this feeling like, oh my God, like, I'm not as, as experienced as this person. So you're comparing yourself to someone who's maybe way more experienced than you. And then you bring yourself lower and you feel this way, but it's something many women and many people in general have this feeling inside of this lower self-esteem that kind of trickles in. And it even happens to me. It happened to me. I mean, there's been so many roles and so many positions that I've had that I shouldn't feel that way, but it's just like a natural thing. And I think it's a humbling thing. We're humble people and that's yeah. where it comes from. Now you got me thinking about that. That's like, I got to, that's yeah. My brain's going in a million different places. And how can we help each other with that? Like, that's the big question. How can we, I, I personally think having daily affirmations is a really good way to remind yourself that you are worthy of whatever is about to come your way, whether you're about to give a presentation in front of a large group of individuals in a corporate environment, or if you're in front of anybody that you feel like may know more than you. I mean, right now, like you are the subject matter expert. I am literally, I literally started this podcast last year. I'm, I feel like an imposter talking to you. That's the truth. Oh my gosh, but <laughs> no, I'm like so intrigued by what you're saying. I can't wait to listen to more episodes. But, it, but it's, it's like, it's one of those things where when you're sitting across from somebody else who has more experience than you, then you feel like, oh my gosh, this is, this person knows way more. And then you start thinking a little bit, you start getting inside your head a little bit. Right. And yeah. the, the key to taking away that is, like you said very early at this, the beginning of this episode, you are your own, you're the only person out there like you, right? There's nobody else in the world like you. And that is your superpower. That was your words earlier. And that's absolutely correct. So there's no one out there like me and there's no one out there like you, Annie. And so when we come into a room, we just have to remind ourselves we have value. We have a lot to give. And it's okay if we feel like we're not perfect. We don't have to be perfect. It comes from that want, feeling of wanting to have perfection. Can you be my life coach? Cause you're making me get like, I'm like choking up over here. I'm like, I need, can you do a daily affirmation for me? Cause Oh my God, you know how to like, you're so articulate. You really are like, that's, it's so true. And, and now I'm wondering if I do that, but these are the conversations that we need to have with each other and never feel like someone's maybe smarter or knows more than us. What can I learn from this person? I think that's important too. Like, what can you teach me? You know, yeah, I think and, that and, and I, and what I love about you and, and you're, you're at uh, the height of your career 
you don't have a chip on your shoulder. You're very humble. Obviously, your parents raised you really well. And you're that's what makes you very likable. And that's why many people probably feel like they feel so close to you hearing hearing you on the radio. And I really so much appreciate you sharing your story and your journey, because this is this is one of those things that so many young women and men coming up, they don't know where they're headed. Your your story of just being tapped on the shoulder because you were at the right place at the right time to get onto the air. That's just simply about showing up. And if we don't show up, we won't get those opportunities. That's the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from your story is you just kept plugging away. Even your story about having that break. And then you were at working at ShopRite. And I think I saw this thing on Annie's fridge, which was so cool. And you were on a billboard. <laughs> and yes. I was like, oh my God, that was so cool. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I was like, oh my yeah. God, this, this woman was on a billboard. She's big time. <laughs> it's amazing. Like curling my hair in the studio because they told me the day before I'm doing my makeup in the bathroom. Like, I'm taking the picture out front. Yeah. Oh, Nobody knows that. Like, I mean, I'm thinking everyone's got hair and makeup and stuff. But the truth is we're all just still doing the same thing ourselves, right? You're contouring yourself. <laughs> <laughs> getting ready for the show. Yes. yes. But I, I just love, I love your story. I love your genuine, humble and positive attitude. And that's, that's really the way we all have to move through life. We have to be reminding ourselves how fortunate we are because again, we live in the, one of the richest places in the world. When it, we're one of the mo- most fortunate people on earth to be living in this country and having these opportunities, because if we were in any other place and if we were born in any other time, we may Oof. not be here, right? So we have to be so happy true. with gratitude for this. We have to pave the way for the women of the future and really just keep plugging along. And I think if there's not an opportunity for you somewhere, create an opportunity, show up with ideas, keep fighting, keep showing up. Don't go home when they tell you to go home. Stop focusing on the money. You'll figure it out. Keep those you love closest to you. And, um, you know, just always, you know, protect yourself too. protect your peace. Always, you know, I, my dad always taught me along the way, like, you know, I have a tendency to say everything. He's like, never, never let them know what you're thinking. And sometimes ladies, when we're in these negotiations or we're in these moments of, you know, fighting for ourselves, stick to your guns, stop worrying about it emotionally. You're going to get there, but there's going to be some tough roller coaster moments. But as long as we have each other, we're going to get through it. And maybe not always going to have each other and call it for what it is. If you meet someone in the industry and you don't click, okay, that's just not my person. We're going to be cordial. But like, I don't need to be negative. We're just not clicking. And then you just find your people and you'll, you'll be great. Yes. And you know, your father is, is an amazing man. He gave Thanks. you some really amazing tips about, and this is something I also struggle with negotiating. I'm terrible. Oh. I undercut myself all the time. I need to be better about that. But it, men are probably just naturally better negotiators because they know kind of how men think. And we're negotiating against other men. And yes. I, I want to just tell you a quick little story. I... And this is a woman supporting woman's story. I I negotiated for because I also do leadership training and public oh. speaking. And so I, I work with companies and colleges to uh, support staff. And I undercut myself when I was talking to I clicked with this woman on the phone. And I, und- of course, I undercut myself. Right. Because I wanted to get the the, the job. And she recognized that I was undercutting myself because men walk in there and they ask for triple, right? Yeah. And I walk in there and I'm like, well, what's your budget? And I'm trying to accommodate the person, right? It's accommodating every time. So she, I mean, I, I pitched, I gave her a number. And then I, after I sent her the number, I was like, oh my God, I definitely undercut myself here. I know I did because I'm going to be doing so much work 
And, you know, she must have liked me on the phone because she came back and she actually offered me more money. And I think <gasps> it's because she knew that a guy would have come in and demanded probably triple. And here I am just giving her like exactly what she asked for. And she knows that's that was probably wrong for me to do. But she saved me in that way. And that's oh, how women that. have to support each other. Actually, people have to support each other because why are we holding back when we have right. that power? You know, right. Right, because if we power each other, we power the whole group. It just keeps growing. Like, I love that you shared that because I love to hear that. Yeah, oh, man, that's awesome. Because there's nothing, negotiating is probably like the worst thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Trust me, I completely under- understand. And I really appreciate you joining and sharing your story. Thank you again for coming on. I know you're super busy. And I'm wishing you all the best in your new uh, you're in your new position. You're at 101.1 CBS FM, right? Yes. Yeah. And you're on the mornings like every day, right? Yes. Every day, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Please check us out. And um, thank you for your time and, and inviting me to be on your podcast. It's been such a, a fun time. Thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait for everyone to join for the next episode of the Career Path Angel Show. And remember, no matter where you are or what you're doing, you can you can do it. It's just about believing in yourself. All right. Take care. Bye, Annie. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Career Path Angel Show with Angel Mary. Something you want to hear Angel talk about on the show? Contact Angel through Instagram or TikTok to let her know. Hit subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and be sure to share it with your friends. Till next time, stay confident, stay positive, and never give up.